You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you guys. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman Text Line. Both those open for you guys the rest of the way here, as well as the video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We are now joined on the hotline by our Monday guest, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, hello. Um, something that might have been swept under the rug yesterday with the news that Eric Shenander was was dismissed was the decommitment of Cameron Lenhart and obviously uh, if you if you pay attention a little bit to recruiting as a Husker fan you would know that that Cameron Lenhart is a four-star defensive guy from uh, IMG Academy how big of a loss is this for the Huskers recruiting class yeah I think it's a it's kind of a substantial loss I think because I really like Cameron Lenhart and I know the the staff over at Nebraska does too. Anytime that you can get a kind of an edge guy that's um, with his frame already as a senior in high school, he's about 6'3", 235, 245 pounds. Um, yeah, you want those guys. He looks really good. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's tough when, when it's the nature of the business, when, you know, these things um, can happen where kids kids commit to a school and they really like the coach and they want to play for the coach, but then the coach ends up getting fired uh, mm-hmm. um, four, four games into the season. So, um, look, these things happen uh, a lot every single season with coaching changes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cameron Lenhart, you look at the guy, you watch his tape, you just kind of want want um, to have guys like him on the football team. And, and with his decommitment, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough. But um, who knows? It, the door might not be completely shut, but right now it's not looking good um, for Cameron Lenhart. But, yeah, I mean – just tough, uh, just tough when when major major shakeups on coaches on coaching staffs happen and and things like this happen with the with the kids too. Mm-hmm. Hey Steve, how big of a worry is it on the defensive side of the of recruiting after losing um, after losing your defensive coordinator for Nebraska? I mean, it's huge in my opinion. Um, there's just not a lot um, good that could come from it, I guess, and and I know it's. It's still really early in the season. You obviously have, uh, I believe, eight games left um, against conference foes. But, uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of, I guess, um, momentum with the program. There's not a lot of positivity going on with the momentum right now. And I know Mickey Joseph is probably doing all he can. Uh, Bill Bush is an excellent recruiter on his own on his own right, um, and he's probably doing all he could, all he, all he can right now. But um, just – Overall, the temperature of the of the program, I don't I don't see how um, this could really look good for any of the recruits right now. And the ones that do stay, I mean, that's credit to them. They they really must like um, Nebraska and, and want to come to Nebraska and not kind of commit to a to a, a person or an assistant. Mm-hmm. So that's commendable too. But you know, it's not like it's not going to be like that every every time with every kid. So um, yeah, there's just not a lot um, going right with Nebraska right now, and I think that'll definitely affect, continue to affect recruiting. We're speaking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here with us, and, and we're sitting here after four Nebraska games. Nebraska has obviously a one and three record and just lost forty nine to fourteen to Oklahoma. How valuable is it that this bye week came when it did? I, I feel like 
for Nebraska football, they really need to take a step back and and kind of really uh, uh, evaluate every part of their program. And I think Mickey Joseph is doing that right now. But I mean, how valuable is it that this this bye week came when it did for Nebraska football, who has a one and three record now? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Nick. I think it can it comes at just the the right time right now, just because you know if you're Mickey Joseph and you're Bill Bush, you can you can sit down, take a breath. Just evaluate everything, put on the film, find guys who are who are doing their job, just like Nikki Joseph said, after the Oklahoma loss, he wants to sit down, grind through that film and find guys who are who who basically did what they're asked to do. And if if those guys, no matter how old or young they are, no matter how, how much experience playing Big Ten football they have, they're they're gonna play. Um so I, I'm really interested to see how this week plays out and and how that Indiana game um, um, kind of shakes out because I, I'm just wondering who we're going to see on the field, and it's just going to be really interesting to see how this week goes. And I, I, like you said, it, it comes at the right time because right now everybody can kind of take a breath, they can chill out, and they can just try to fix. Um, obviously, there's a lot to fix right now, but mm-hmm. they can try to fix and try to improve the things to get that to get this team better, especially, you know, looking at the offensive line, the protection problems um, that, that we saw yesterday, or I'm on, I mean, excuse me, on Saturday, and then obviously the defense too, just trying to think, trying to think up ways to try to help this rush defense get a little bit better. Anything will help, but yeah, it comes, it comes at a, a really a great time right now. I mean, they have another bye week later on in the season, and, and that'll help also. But, yeah, they, they needed a bye week um, right now for this week for sure. You mentioned something about the offensive line, and, and watching that Oklahoma-Nebraska game back, you kind of really see how poor the offensive line played on, on Saturday, but then also just in, in previous weeks, right? This is kind of a, a consistent pattern with that group is that they, they struggle to block anybody and give Casey Thompson some time. Is it more – is it, it – I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it more telling now of the lack of depth at offensive line for Nebraska football to, to see some of the same guys that are in there making the same mistakes and still playing? Because in, in a way, that's Nebraska telling us that those guys out there are, are their best chances to, to win games. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, just watching that game and, and watching all the all, watching the players who are there and starting it just kind of speaks to the recruiting misses and the lack of development, not, not just on the offensive line, but you can go, go to the defense too. Um, but yeah, sticking with the offensive line, you know, obviously Bryce Benhart, Turner Corcoran came to Nebraska as really highly rated guys and, and they were good in, in high school, but there just hasn't been the development that you would like to see. And obviously it's just going to be, it's going to be tough because I, I just would love to know, you know, with, with Donovan Riola in the mix, this is his first job, his first Power 5 job, the first time that he gets an offensive line room to himself and I'm in, at the Power 5 level, and I'm, and I'm just curious to see how that is, how, how it's all going really behind the scenes mm-hmm. because right now it just looks like nothing has changed from last year. I mean, I mean you're absolutely right. Casey Thompson was, was you know, getting hit so often um, against the Oklahoma and I'm just wondering if that's going to change at all. If, if you know, and if that's the best that they have out there, mm-hmm. um, that just speaks to the re- the lack of recruiting, the lack of identifying talent in the high school ranks, and then the lack of 
you know, once those players get here, they're not developing. So it's just not a good, not a good scene right now on the offensive line. And, you know, they're still rotating at right guard with Brock Bando and Henry Lutovsky. And then Ethan Piper made an experience, made an appearance, you know, at, at uh, left guard, I believe. And then he was also um, kind of rotating in with Kevin Williams Jr. You'd like to, you'd like to see just more from that offensive line unit. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people were maybe thinking that they were going to be better than they were in the off season, but that's proving wrong right now. And it's just kind of tough to watch. Is is that Donovan Raiola's fault? I I want to I want to be delicate on how I ask this question, but is the is the problem are the problems on the offensive line strictly Donovan Raiola's fault? Because we always came into the season going how much you know adjustment and change can be made with a new staff immediately, and now here we are. Because like part of me, some of the discussions like you just mentioned, when you talk about recruiting and and you look at college football in the era that we are in right now. I, I believe personally that if you focus on developing or improving a room, then you're going to be able to do so successfully with the transfer portal. You look at what Nebraska did at some of the skill positions, and they improved dramatically with guys like Marcus Washington and Trey Palmer, obviously, and, and the running back room specifically. So is it more Donovan Riola's fault that the off- offensive line isn't playing well, or is it more of, of just the, the Nebraska program in general for not really making offensive line a priority? Yeah, it's a that's a great point. I, I you know, I definitely think that it's Nebraska and, and not kind of making the offensive line recruiting and development a priority for sure. And 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 to be fair, obviously I might have been a little bit harsh on Donovan, but Donovan mm-hmm. it's his it's his first year here obviously and, and he has who he has to work with. Um but yeah, I mean with all the off season stories about, you know, him wanting to implement the the different technique and blocking technique mm-hmm. and, and firing off the ball, we, we heard that um, over and over and over again um it just looking it just looks like nothing is working right now and and yeah it goes back to years before this with you know the the priority and, and prioritizing the offensive line play and, and trench warfare and it just doesn't seem like it's been there for sure um so i i just think whatever happens at the end of this season if if there are new assistant coaches um taking over with the offensive line that that just needs to be a, a really key area that the new head coach, whoever it winds up being, needs to focus on is definitely at the line of scrimmage because for years now, that's at least in my opinion, that's where um, things have been suffering with Nebraska football. We're seeing, we're speaking with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. And Steve, I, I don't know how anybody else, how everybody else feels, but for me, I, I thought that going into this game that there weren't going to be a lot of sweeping changes uh, personnel-wise or or anything of the likes because of the short week that Mickey Joseph was inheriting this team and going up against a sixth-ranked Oklahoma squad and thinking, you know, po- the possibility of, of switching things up could lead to, you know, a, a big blowout, although we, we saw what happened on the field on Saturday. So... I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of expecting this bye week and the week leading up to Indiana to include a lot of depth chart shakeups. What, what say you? Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a fun fun thing to think about. But you know, it, it, it's really interesting because you know during the game, I I, I know that uh, I was I was keeping my eye on Tommy Hill for an example at corner, and when Tommy Hill got beat for I believe it was a 25 yard touchdown pass. Um, he got benched for a series, and the guy who came in for Tommy Hill was Brandon Moore, the transfer from Central Florida, who got to the program in August, and he was playing over Braxton Clark, who 
you know, I think it's his his fifth year here, and, and he's playing over Tamon Lynham, who has, like, basically been a roster disappearance. I never hear about Tamon Lynham, and he's been here for, for multiple seasons now. And then at safety, when Miles Farmer got benched for for a series or he got where he was given a breather, the guy that came in for him was walk-on Fallon Sanford from Dundee County Stratton, the former eight-man player. He was playing chip guys that that were brought into the program, like Noah Pola Gates, and he was playing over to Sean Singleton, who came from Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. And, you know, the D-line with Colton Feast and, and how much he's playing as a former walk-on. So there's there's just a lot of different at all at all levels of the defense especially it seems like there's there's some odd substitutions so when you so when you ask me like what are we gonna what are we gonna see next week some different guys ah, man i i don't know like we, i would have never have guessed that brandon moore and i know that brandon moore is he's played a lot of football at ucf and went through a really bad injury there and, and is coming back from that but and i know the coach has uh travis fisher and, and frost had a lot of experience with brandon moore from previous but I don't know what to tell you with that because I I would think that the the defense is playing the the players that are best suited to win a football game right now and if those guys aren't getting it done I have no idea what's behind them and and it's just going to be kind of up in the air for sure like but in my opinion I'm kind of wondering what you guys think about that yeah that that would be I, I feel like if that's the case um, where maybe they're not playing the best players possible to to win Nebraska football games on on Saturdays then. Nebraska's got a lot bigger problems than maybe we we think already. If that, that's just my two cents on that, um, because then then you're getting. I mean, there's a giant disconnect on uh, Mickey Joseph saying, and this this is not a, a knock on Mickey Joseph at all. Um, if if that comes out, then coaching staffs aren't on the same page because you have guys saying that they're the the program is bigger than one person and, and things like that, and and those actions would would show otherwise, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just going to be interesting to see how how this all moves forward because you know are, are you not going to play you know you know just for example are, are you not going to play a luke reimer or a nick henrick like of course not you have to have yeah. those two guys out there um that, you know garrett nelson he, he hasn't really had the season that everybody was kind of hoping but you can't not play garrett nelson right you can't um oshawn mathis as you know he came here as you know the guy who's going to get the sacks but he hasn't got the sacks but he's also played well against the run and I know a lot of people might like say like hey what are you talking about he hasn't played well he hasn't gotten the sacks but you know there's more to football than getting sacks and I think Oshawn Mathis has done pretty good against the run here helping out but yeah I, I just look across the defense and and I don't know maybe maybe there's something that happens with Tommy Hill or maybe something that happens with Miles Farmer but Miles Farmer is also kind of important he's a, he's a veteran he, he, he does his best to get guys lined up if you watch Miles Farmer in the um, every game he's kind of barking out signals and, and lining people up, and I think he needs to be out there to do that. But he's also kind of tops on the team with missed tackles every single game. It seems like Miles Farmer is kind of blown by somebody and missing a tackle. So mm-hmm. I have no idea what, what the what the defense is going to look like against Indiana and, and who, who might sit and who might get some playing time, but I'm interested to find out. All right, Steve, it's time to debut. Rico is proud of this jingle. I'm very proud of it. Steve, I, I just have one question. Do you want to choose who you talk about, or do you want us to give you who we think it is? 
just uh, surprise me and give me a name. All right, perfect. All right. Let's let's play the music. So we're going to do this new thing every Monday with uh, with Steve when he comes on. At the end of the conversation, we're going to have flavor of the week, and it's going to be the head coach that Nebraska fans should talk about or are talking about uh, following this last weekend. And uh, let's let's hear it, Rico. You're proud of this jingle. Let's hear it. Trev Albert, he don't know anything about him. He might win here. Have no fear. I wish that I could make him see. Okay. He's just the flavor of the week. Any, any thoughts, Steve, on that just before before we get going? Any thoughts? Yeah, um, Rico, that, that is some... Um... That is some singing right there. That is some singing talent. <laughs> thank you, thank I really you so much. enjoyed your, your voice. It was like an angel. Thank you so much. I'm trying out for American Idol. I don't even know if that's still a thing. Maybe the voice, something like that. The voice. There you <laughs> go. Perfect. Um, all right, Steve. Flavor of the week, it has to be Urban Meyer, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, you don't seem you don't seem to. I know you I like think me and Steve might be on the same page. I know here. I know you like Kalen DeBoer, but after after Fox Big Noon kickoff, it's gotta be it's gotta be Urban, right? We have to be talking a little bit about Urban. Yeah, I mean, we can, sure. Um, okay. Look, I I understand that Urban Meyer is, like, maybe the best or one of one of the top two college, best college football coaches ever. And, you know, if 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 he did go to Nebraska somehow, some way, um, five-star athletes, four-star athletes yeah. would, would follow him. And, you know, he'd have a great chance to turn this thing around almost immediately in the first year by getting – you know, all sorts of high-quality transfers and his recruiting classes will be great because everybody obviously wants to play for Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer wins games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, when I go back to what Trev Alberts, the athletic director, said after he fired Scott Frost a couple of Sundays ago, he said that the next head coach needs to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, a good fit doesn't necessarily mean – it doesn't really speak like Urban Meyer to me. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I just don't see Urban Meyer and Nebraska meshing well for some reason. I just, I just don't, I just, and it's nothing against Urban Meyer. Obviously he's a really good coach. He wins games. Yeah. But I don't know. Obviously he has big 10 experience and he's perfect head coach, but there's a lot of baggage there. There's a lot of things not to like about Urban Meyer, but at the end of the day, he wins games. Um, But to me, you know, listening to to Alberts, um, he he wants a high high character guy, mm-hmm. uh, a really a really good person at heart. I'm not saying Urban Meyer is not that, but I'm just saying there are, there are maybe other coaches out there who might be better suited for for Nebraska football. Last question, right? But really quickly, right before we we let you go because we're running out of time, how important is it for the the place and the the, the situation that Nebraska's program is in? It's kind of a big picture discussion here. And how fragile they are right now, right? We saw them on Saturday. They score one touchdown, then they allow a sixty-one yard score. They turn, they go. I mean, sixteen plays, and they have uh, really crappy plays and poor play offensively. And then before you know it, it's twenty-eight to seven. How important for the position that Nebraska's in right now is it that they get a proven guy? Yeah, I think I think you absolutely need a proven guy. Um, I don't think you should go with another another hot shot. Um, young offensive coordinator i don't think you should i think you should absolutely 
um, not go the route that Scott Frost had where he was only a, a head coach for not even like three years, five years at, at UCF. I think you should absolutely go for a guy that has been there, done that, has kind of seen it all. Maybe I would love to have, obviously, a Big Ten coaching experience, but in my personal opinion, I don't think that that's a must. Um, I think yeah. there are plenty of good coaches out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think absolutely you need to have um, somebody come in here with head coaching experience, like more than more than five years. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. All right, Steve. Hey, man, appreciate the time as always. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I know I know we're all we're all super busy with defense coordinator and uh, we'll, we'll get to a new flavor of the week next Monday. We'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. There you go. See you guys later. All right. That's Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. We'll be right back. Wrap up the show on a Monday on the happy hour on the ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.